The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Forgetting to start the hottest quarterback in the league, Josh Allen, not smart. Using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast, that's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. Final preview podcast of the 2018 regular season. We have a few more during the postseason, but this, our friends, is the day the championships are made of. My name is Field Yates. Mike Clay, Stefania Bell, happy holidays to both of you. Happy holidays. Couple How days your... to uh, catch your breath. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's been good playing with that... my toys. I the saw, last yeah, couple I days. We've seen you pose like you and your little race car and your pajamas. But Field, I think I think the audience needs to know what you treated yourself to. Listen mm. this week because oh. it's a game changer. It is a game I'm not changer. Gonna, I'm very the proud of you. I'm actually changed. quite surprised. That this was your first such experience. Share so with the people. Everybody knows that I'm very comfortable in my masculinity. I've got no qualms about myself, right? I'm happily, well, I will soon be happily married. Uh, I've got the woman of my life, of my dreams of my life, yada, yada, yada. I don't have any issues with my masculinity. We, we cover big, tough football players. I'm not a big, tough reporter, but I'm a small, somewhat tough reporter. <laughs> in any event, uh, my mom, my sister, and my fiance on uh, the day before Christmas were like, we're going to get pedicures. You coming with us? And I was like, no. <laughs> Yes. Maybe. <laughs> yes. The game has changed. Shout out to Manny Petty over in, in Wellesley, Mass. Like, I don't know if like all pedicure spots are this great or just Manny Petty specifically, but treat yourself was in full effect on Monday. It was great. Yeah, I picture you having that. And it's, it's really too bad that, um, Matthew's not here for this, although it's probably to your benefit, but I picture Field having perfectly, like, perfectly clipped nails, perfectly soft, like, no calluses. Well, the, the best part was, the part <laughs> that made me laugh was like, you know, the best part was the experience, right? Like, it, you, your feet feel like pillows after the fact. But I sit down in the chair and they're like, well, which one would you like? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. The, the feet? Like, I'm, I'm the one with the feet. <laughs> there are choices. I wouldn't know what to say yeah, either. Yes, right. So, uh. Every I, man needs to go get a pedicure. Like, like, I'm intrigued me, now. Color me will intrigued. It. Reading the, 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 the menu was Your ridiculous. There's like, do you want sage? It. Do you want lemon? <laughs> do you want basil mango? I'm like, That's right. I'm like, what, is, what is the difference here? In bacon, California. I'm a man. I want bacon flavored. <laughs> is it the way your feet smell after the fact? Last, who smells feet? Last time I was in LA, there was another special ingredient in my pedicure. Just gonna leave it at that. Whoa. Game preview. We've got Keith and Kyle behind the glass today. A slim down cast. Is everybody else still in a food coma? I don't know about Daniel. Slim. Who knows? All right. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very good point. The past few days have been indulgent, to put it um, kindly. Let's be honest, guys. This week seventeen, a lot of people uh, have their championships expire in week sixteen because they want to avoid situations like you know the Saints and the Cowboys, who are locked into their respective seeds or injuries. Or other things that take place in Week 17 where a player may not be on the injured reserve, but he may not be healthy enough to play a full game. There are a lot of variables. We're going to tell you this right now, and we'll probably mention it a few more times. We're just going to own it. We don't know specifically how much the Cowboys or Saints are going to play, no matter what they say to us publicly. Or how much a player who is partially banged up may or may not play. We're going to try our best. We're going to give you our best efforts, our hardiest efforts, if you will. And with that in mind, 
Good luck to all of you that are still playing in Week 17. We start with the Falcons and the Buccaneers, and of course we always begin with the injuries. In Atlanta, Stefania, it's early on in the week, but Tevin Coleman seems to be a player that could be one of those we are highlighting come Sunday morning. Yeah, he left last week's game with a groin injury and still not practicing. Dan Quinn sounded optimistic after the game, but as of Wednesday, saying they're going to do what's in the best interest of their players, which includes Tevin and Julio Jones, who's also banged up. And you got to think, you know, teams get smart at this time of year if they are not in playoff. Well, whether they are or aren't, as we'll find out. But I think uh, there's no reason that you're going to push a player back if his status is at all questionable. So the good thing about the Falcons, we say this every week, very transparent. So check the Friday practice reports because it may come down to that. All right, Mike. Well, we'll keep an eye on Tevin Coleman. In terms of the players you're definitely starting this week, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Julio has been banged up, but he continues to be an absolute monster for the Falcons this season. I guess the question is this, Mike, is what would it take to be talked out of Tevin Coleman or if Tevin Coleman sits and you had been relying on Tevin Coleman? And again, there's only two teams per league still playing entering week 17. Would you have the the gall to go out there and play Brian Hill? I don't think so. Okay. You know, I, I think I'd, uh, it will put it this way. If Coleman's out, you're going to see Brian Hill start and you're going to see Jeremy Langford mixed in, who's also on that roster. My boy, Jeremy Langford. He is back in the Stunner's NFL. I didn't know it, I didn't know he was still playing. He is. He's yeah. added to the active <laughs> roster. There's some talk. They were going to get him some run last week. He didn't it's play. Your favorite. But yeah. My, my buddy. I, I had a chance to talk to John Fox, who's on our, our staff now here. I, I asked sure. him about Jeremy Langford. So we had a little chat about him last week. So. Uh, said he's a, a really good kid, obviously, but hasn't panned out in the NFL. He's bounced around a little bit, has a shot here if Coleman's out to get a little run, but I, I would try to avoid if possible. If you have to pick a flex, if you're desperate, Hill's the guy. Okay, there you go. For the Falcons, again, Brian Hill will be the preferred option if Tevin Coleman sits. Dan Quinn, as Stefania always notes, very good about giving you the information you need to know and normally does so. He's on, on my Friday. love list. Yep, if you he's want on to your love yeah. list every year. You send him a, a Christmas card. <laughs> right, right. Is that your I, thing? Love, love, hate. You do that? No, uh, but somebody does. I think I've heard it before. Uh, for the Buccaneers, Not me. I've never heard of it. You're starting <laughs> Mike Evans. Obviously, Mike Evans has been a big part of their passing game, and he's been really good recently. Six for ninety and a touchdown last week for Evans. In terms of players that you would consider starting, there are some interesting ones. They're playing at home. They continue to throw the football a ton. Jameis Winston, another quarterback that makes our top ten in terms of consensus ranks, Mike. Jameis Winston, I don't know about quietly, but perhaps less than pretty-like, has made his way to another successful fantasy season once he became the full-time starter for like the third time this year. Yeah, no no question. And we talked about this in the second half last season, right? We've been over this. The guy, when he's been on the field, has been a good fantasy quarterback. He's been de- delivering top 10 weeks. And you might say, well... Where's he been the last two weeks? Well, you know where he's been? He's been in Dallas, and he's been in Baltimore, two of the tougher defenses in the NFL. Obviously, his fantasy production's fallen off. But again, like you said, this is still a very high-volume, pass-heavy, high-scoring Bucks offense. And in this game, you know, I don't really have any issue starting him. He's a, I think I have him QB7 this week, so certainly a starter. If you need him with your championship on the line or in DFS, he's a guy you can use. The Falcons have allowed a uh, league-high uh, three plus passing touchdowns in a league high seven games this year. So obviously we've seen a lot of quarterbacks have their way with this Falcons defense this season. Adam Humphreys also a flex consideration as would Peyton Barber, both players ranked inside of our top 25 in terms of consensus ranks at their respective positions this weekend. This game has no consequence in terms of the playoffs. If anything, these teams are playing for draft status. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, quick note on Adam Humphreys, wide receiver 13 since week eight. I mean, he has been delivering. He's an impending free agent, so a lot on the line, probably very motivated to come out and finish the season strong. 
Adam Humphreys said to be a free agent, certainly would like to go out with a bang. The Falcons are one and a half point underdogs in this game, but I think the Falcons finished strong and worked their way to a seven and nine season. How about you? I'm with you. Actually, uh, the projection for this came in 26-26, so I have a tight one here, but I'm leaning towards Atlanta. Obviously, the Tampa's minus one and a half, so I'm going Atlanta. You know that they rarely end in a tie. I do. I'm okay. not predicting a tie. I have to explain this on Twitter all the time. I'm not predicting <laughs> well, a tie. The projections say it. it's a wash. Okay. Explain it again for people like me. I did. Um, I know. It's a wash. It's a wash. It's I'm an, taking it's the Falcons, by Falcons the way. Falcons for Spagna. And Kyle filling in for Daniel this morning. Who do you got, Kyle? We're actually tied in pigskin pick them, the two of us. So. You and Daniel are. Yeah, we got to break the tie here. I still have this issue with my IFB, so when you talk, I can't hear it. Uh, He's saying that Daniel else. and him are tied in pigskin oh. pick them. So Kyle is going to try his best to... Oh, not try. I'm Daniel's going to pass. Yeah, no, I'm should. going to pass I'm Daniel. I'm passing Daniel and taking the dirty birds here. Okay. Browns at Ravens. This game is one that I would have loved to see in a primetime slot, only because mm-hmm. I really think there's a chance that... Um, you know, this Baker Mayfield show could be legit. For the Browns, you're starting Nick Cub, Nick Chubb. But besides that, as you just mentioned a minute ago, Mike, you were saying how Jameis Winston, hey, like, what's happened in the past two weeks? He's played the Ravens and the Cowboys. So buyer beware for any quarterback or wide receiver against the Ravens. Baker Mayfield not does not crack our top 15 this week. He threw for 342 yards when they played the Ravens a ways back. That was mostly because the game was out of hand. But I think the big question mark here would be Jarvis Landry. How much does he fall or slide in the rankings this week against an excellent Ravens defense? Yeah, he's had an odd season when he was getting piled up with volume. He wasn't delivering, and then the volume dropped a few weeks ago, and he had some good fantasy outings. So yeah. it's kind of been bizarre. But he does have eight targets his last two games, finished wide receiver 40 or worse in both of them. But again, he's playing a tough defense here. The Ravens' third toughest against wide receivers, and actually wide receiver eight is the best weekly finish by an opposing wide receiver unit. This season, he did put up five for 69 in the first outing. You mentioned it. A lot of garbage time in that game. This game is in Baltimore. Baltimore has some motivation here. You know, it's it's going to be a tough one for him. I'm certainly downgrading him to kind of flex territory. De- definitely nervous that he's going to have one of them, them down games. On the plus side, though, I will say this. he's He gets the best matchup against Brandon Carr in the slot. On the outside, Perriman, Callaway, Higgins, they have the tougher matchups against Smith and Humphrey. Rashad Perriman revenge game, baby. Who's hey. ready for that? He's been he's been coming he's been you doing like his kind of Nate Washington thing right where he just catches a like a sixty yard pass and that's it that's it like one one sixty I thought it. that Brandon Carr put it nicely about uh about about Brashad Perriman he said listen we all have light switches right and sometimes it goes off at a time that we don't expect it to go off and it's kind of gone off for Brashad Perriman here uh so far with Cleveland and he's been okay for them and he maybe has found a home for the long term. For the Ravens, in terms of players you're starting, I'm not sure there's anybody that's a must-start for them. Mike, you do have Lamar Jackson at quarterback 10, which you know I'm, again, assuming it's because of the rushing, because uh, despite maybe some of the prevailing narratives that Lamar Jackson has become the answer at quarterback at Baltimore, I think maybe he fits nicely with a team that plays dominant defense. Yeah, he's definitely a fringe QB1. I mean, I tweeted this the other day. The Ravens, since he took over, averaging 1.8 offensive touchdowns per game. Over a full season this year, that would rank... 30th in the NFL, so they're not really scoring touchdowns, but he he does have a high floor because of what he does as a rusher. Uh, you know, his best weekly finish is ninth, so if he finishes 10 or so where I have him, that would be uh, a big, you know, a kind of a, a, a best case scenario based on what he's done so far. And also, Cleveland is only allowed three top 10 weeks, so there's kind of a lot in play. It is tricky. Uh, obviously, I'm a little optimistic, maybe near his ceiling, but, you know, again, he's at home. He adds a lot with his legs. He's been delivering a few passing touchdowns, so there's a little reason for optimism. The only per- only thing that Gus Edwards normally adds to Vanya is with his legs. That's points, right? He doesn't catch the football. So you and I am as a football. flex, which 
you know, last week he started hot in that game against the Chargers. He had a long 43-yard rush on the opening drive. We're still sort of, we feel the same way we have about Gus Edwards for like the past four weeks now. Yeah, and, and to me, you know, he's the best opportunity. Right uh, of all their running backs, I we've we've seen other guys touch the ball, but the one who's going to get the volume, even if it's not in the passing game, so your expectations for your overall scoring are lower. But I still think volume wise, and what do we always say? You hope he falls into the end zone. Yeah, I think the red flag here is he was out snapped by Kenneth Dixon last week, twenty eight to twenty two. He also have Ty Montgomery playing eleven snaps, and also he hasn't finished better than RB nineteen over the past five weeks. So he has been capped by not getting targets in the past. I mean, he has. What what is it? Two targets and 125 carries this season. Yeah. It's it's a problem for me. I have a hard time ranking anyone top 15, some usually top 20, if they don't get any work in the passing game. But you. So I think it's reflected it's in tough. our rankings, you know, because the highest I'm I'm the highest of the, the three of us. But I'm one over here yeah. at 25, 26. Like we're not we're not making a big case for him as a nope. starter. You're crazy. Yeah. The Ravens okay. are six and a half point favorites in this game. I really want to pick the Browns to just win the game, not even cover, but I'm taking the Ravens here. How about you, Michael? I'm taking the Browns and the, I'll take the six and a half points. Yeah. I have a 23 19. I'm going to take the points. Kyle with the Browns. Browns for me. Okay. Browns all the way around. So for me, the Chargers go to Denver to play the Broncos. Of course, in week 17, every game is a divisional rematch. The Chargers lost to the Broncos earlier on this season. Here's the good news for Los Angeles. They're comfortable. They're, uh, well, they're comfortable on the road. They seem to play their best when the chips are stacked against them, and they're healthy. Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, Stefania, both back to full strength. Both must start. Or right. close to full strength. I close, close to. And nice to see. I mean, Keenan Allen got some work. And the one thing we were worried about was, you know, as he gets banged up during the course of a game, does it seem to affect him? And really, I didn't see anything that was alarming. So now you're one week further removed from that injury. I'm um, some confidence building for Melvin Gordon. Wouldn't be surprised still if they, like, split some work for him but obviously him getting out there and getting through a week builds more confidence with him as well so for this game with the chargers and the broncos i'm pretty sure let me check this the game is at 425 and the reason i mentioned that is this it's possible that by the time this game kicks off the chargers will be locked in to the fifth seed in the afc if i'm not mistaken there's at least scenarios i I have to double check that but i'm the chief when do the chiefs play the chiefs play at one Okay, so, so the you're Chargers right will be locked into the fifth seed if the Chiefs win earlier on. So the reason I mention that is again, this is part of the reason against the, the, the this is the argument against playing in Week 17, right? The Chargers, you could have Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen locked in at 12:55, right? And then you may say at 4:05, I'm not so sure, but we are currently debating them as if they are going to play. How about Philip Rivers? Because a down week. Last week, again, very good competition, Mike. But he hasn't been red, red hot of late. Denver's defense is not what it was in the past, and they got, I wouldn't say pierced on Monday night because Oakland obviously scored uh, in special teams dramatic fashion on Christmas Eve. But the defense has not been dominant by any stretch. Yeah, I'm with you, but I'm a little concerned here. I mean, keep in mind, he's had a, we'd say, a pretty good fantasy season, right? A pretty good season overall. The Chargers are winning. He's only QB 11, yeah. despite all that this year. He's been outside the top 20, two of his past three. And by the way, the Broncos haven't allowed a top 10 quarterback since week 11. Is that right? That happened to be Philip Rivers. He was he was QB 8 in that, in that most recent meeting. So he does not crack my top 10. And that is with him playing all the snaps. There's obviously, like you said, a chance that he's pulled after the first quarter or at halftime sure. if the Chiefs win. So there's definitely severe risk 
in starting the Chargers. I'm going to stay away from Rivers this week for Interesting. sure. Interesting. I didn't realize that the Denver defense had been that stingy. Some of that's a byproduct of the schedule, right? They played the Steelers, which is a great win, obviously. Uh, the Bengals. Eh, yeah. 49ers. <laughs> Baker, which they, they, they played good defense after that first drive. And then last week against Derek Carr. Uh, defensively weird, weird week for Denver coming up. And by the way, speaking of Denver, Philip Lindsay is out of this game, Stefania, not as of right now on injured reserve, but it's a wrist injury. Not that it matters for week 17. He's not going to play, but just like a state of what it means going forward. This is kind of a scary one. Yeah, it's a, definitely. We saw, um, perhaps some conversation going back and forth on Twitter. They're getting multiple imaging. These hand injuries, sometimes very difficult to nail down the details of it. They were looking for a fracture. Um, there was some conversation I saw about possible scaphoid fracture. These are serious injuries and they certainly can be dealt with very well, um, by expert hand surgeons, but, the last thing I, the last report I saw was that it looks like primarily a ligamentous injury. So you have to go in and surgically repair it. And you remember with David Johnson last year, um, after surgical repair, not the same injury, uh, but just that you need that time for everything to heal. So he will need the full off season. And you're sort of glad that it comes, if it's going to happen, it's an unfortunate injury, but you're glad that it comes at a time where there's not going to be any pressure to come back and play. He's just got the off season to recover. And you hope for the best. Allow me to correct myself with something that's really important here. The Chiefs are playing at 425. Okay, never mind then. So, so the Chargers will about, play it like, out. The Chargers are going to yeah. have to play it out. Now, they may scoreboard watch. If the Chiefs are up 21 nothing at halftime, it could change things. But going into this game, the Chargers are going to believe they need to have everything they can in order to make the playoffs. Yeah, the and NFL the usually... Yeah. All, yeah. Them, all them games that matter are usually put at 4 o'clock or 8 o'clock. So that's good to know. Uh... You caught me off guard there. We Sorry about that, Mike. Something. I didn't mean to catch you off guard. So you don't worry about your Chargers. Still, I'm not being a slide off. River's still not top ten for me. Yep. That was a test. 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 And I failed it. I failed the test. Yeah. It's about time Mike failed something in his life. <laughs> Royce Freeman, Mike, stepping up as the next man up. I presume he would be the most fantasy relevant Bronco in Week 17. What kind of confidence do you have in him? Uh, I'm excited. I will say that. Um, I'm a little. I'm a little concerned about his fantasy value, and I'll explain why. Um, first of all, let's talk about Freeman. Number four in yards after contact per attempt this season among running backs with 100 plus carries. So he, he's he been way better than Philip Lindsay in that department. So he has delivered the goods after initial contact. However, his efficiency has been kind of poor because he's running against stack boxes. 7.1 inbox de- defenders per rush. That's third highest in the league. So that's kind of separates him from Lindsay and explains again why he's not getting as much help before contact. So I'm excited for him, especially as we evaluate these two guys next season. But keep in mind, He's not a guy that does a ton as a pass catcher. So you look at Denver's usage of their running backs this season. Denver has run on 50% of Freeman and Lindsey snaps. So that's that's very run heavy. When Devontae Booker's on the field, only 13% of the time, he's clearly their passing down back, and he will play a pretty significant role in this game. So for me, Freeman... More of a fringe RB2, and Booker is actually a PPR sleeper, I think. Keep an eye on Devontae Booker. Also keep an eye on Deshaun Hamilton, who's just been mm-hmm. good for the Broncos over the past three weeks. His catch log, 7-7-6. Seven, seven, His targets, 30 over the past three games. He's got two touchdowns. Now, this reminds me, like, he's got running back receiving yardage totals. 40, 46, and 47. <laughs> Like, that is incredibly low yards per catch, but who cares, Mike, when he's producing like this? Yeah, no question. Good in PPR. Yeah, you know, very in, good in standard, PPR. you maybe don't like it as much, but what I do not like is the matchup. Desmond King is who Ooh. he's going to face in the slot. It is one of the tougher receiver-cornerback matchups of the week. King is one of the best in the business. What a find by the Chargers. So, of his hands full. And by the way, Cortland Sutton probably going to draw Casey Hayward's shadow coverage in this game. So, maybe Tim Patrick's the, the guy to lean toward. Sleeper. In Tim Sleeper. Patrick. Mm-hmm. 
Chargers, six and a half point favorites in this game. (laughs) On the road, I think they cover with good vibes going into the playoffs. Jim and the Chargers. I'm I'm actually going to take Denver you at home. Sneaky. Denver beat them straight up the first time. They, they get did. they're getting uh, what is it, the road, six and a half points. Twenty three nineteen. Chargers win, but the Broncos cover. Okay, Stefania. I don't believe you, Mike. I okay. take the That's Chargers. right, Stefania. And Kyle Daniel. No Philip Char- Lindsay. Phil, they beat them last time. They had Philip Lindsay. Chargers big. Chargers big mm. says Kyle Dop. Lions <laughs> at Packers. This, of course, is the in the second edition of the Daniel versus Kyle Bowl. It is bowl mm. season, and it got. So disappointed the BC's bowl game got canceled yesterday. Yeah, that was crazy. I'm going to lay off my rant. I blew off enough <laughs> steam yesterday. I really wanted to watch the Eagles play. One. Lions go to Green Bay to play the Packers. For the Lions, starters that you're confident in, none. Players that you're interested in, though, are Kenny Galladay, one. Kenny Galladay, though, Stefania, chest injury. Now, asking you for information about an injury from the Lions is like asking for like you know protected info or like where the crown jewel is hidden. But what do we know about Kenny Galladay? Well, it's the same chest injury that he was listed last week, and he ended up playing. And we we knew nothing about it last week. So to me, it was really going to come down to what happened on Sunday because he came in questionable. You really didn't know what they were going to do. He played six catches, 58 yards. I don't know that he emerged any worse for the wear. So I would assume that he is on track to play again. Okay, that's good news there for Kenny Galladay. Mike, in terms of a matchup last week, it wasn't great this week. Do we think there's any concerns? Mitigating factors on Kenny Galladay, other than the fact that this offense has very little big playability in the passing game. Well, I'll tell you what. This is a matchup a few weeks ago, and we were looking ahead, and we knew he had his hands full with some really tough shadow matchups, Xavier Rhodes and Trey Davis White and so forth and so on. I thought this might be tough because you were starting to see Jair Alexander, the rookie, really start to come on. And he has played well this season, but he's been a little beat up. We don't know for sure if he's going to play. And the Packers continue to be attacked on the perimeter. They're giving up a ton of fantasy production to outside receivers, which is where Galladay lines up primarily. So I do think this actually turns out to be a good matchup for him. 10.1 targets per game since week 10. 14 plus in three games this season. The volume's been there. I like him as a fringe wide receiver too. And honestly, I'm starting to look ahead to net 2019 and Man, would not surprise me at all if he finishes top 10 next season. He is really uh, trending the right direction. Okay, that's good news there for the former Northern Illinois standout. Let's keep an eye on Kenny Galladay this entire Lions offseason because there's going to be a lot of changes there. One way or the other, a lot of changes. But one thing you can count on is Kenny Galladay is a major part of that future. For the Packers, a vintage, a virtuoso, a classic, an A.A. Ron performance in Week 17 from Aaron Rodgers. It was awesome. He was dominant. He had over 40 points and an overtime win against the Jets. Of course, he's in our top five this week. Regardless of the matchup, you probably would have Aaron Rodgers' confidence based on how he played last week. Jamal Williams, Devontae Adams, also players you're confident in. Jamal Williams is a top seven play for us. Devontae, though, Stefania, I'm a little nervous only because he popped up on the injury report with a knee issue. Yeah, and I think that's a legit reason to be nervous, especially you're looking at the Packers and where they stand this season. Devontae Adams has been just so productive. But, um, again, if he's taken a chapter out of the book of his leader, Aaron Rodgers, I believe if he's healthy enough to play this weekend, you will definitely see. You know, the other dynamic we sometimes see in these Week 17s is um, not that guys, you know, hey, listen, we have nothing to play for. We should sit him for a week. Or, hey, we may not have we may not have anything to play for as a team, but I'm four catches away from right. 100, or I'm 50 yards away from a thousand. Or in Devonte Adams' case, he is knocking on the door. A monster Devonte Adams game would allow him to set a single season record for most receiving yards by a Packers wideout in like franchise history. That was a very cumbersome way of stating that, but basically, 
he could catapult ahead of some great players, right? I mean, Sterling Sharp back in the day, Jordy Nelson most recently, Donald Driver. There have always been a lot of productive wide receivers with Aaron Rodgers. Devontae and Adams has put himself in that and very top of the And I just think the, the connection class. between those two, that they are thinking very much alike. And if mm-hmm. Devontae Adams can play this weekend, he will absolutely be out there. And yeah. he's also the number one scoring fantasy receiver. And we know that's right. very important to players. They sure. need right, to be right, that number right, one right. guy. So sure. No doubt about that. Juju Smith-Schuster showed us the importance of fantasy Truth. football last week. Mike, I just want to quickly note that you have what's called the 192 that comes out soon, right? It is actually it came out about a half hour ago. Okay, my so apologies. I tweeted out the link. It yes. is out. Um, Mike Clay NFL is where you can find it. And Mike, the concept of 192 is the 192 players that need to be drafted next year. Yes. Now, obviously, these things will change. Yes. We'll have rookies and all the other stuff that's going to get inserted. You have to start inserted. somewhere, right? But you start yeah. somewhere. Your list of 192 does include Aaron Jones, obviously, pretty high up there for running backs. Yeah, RB 16, 38th overall right now. That could trend up a little bit. I want to see what they do in the offseason. I'm sure Jamal Williams will be back as the two. We'll see if they make it any other maneuvers. But uh, he's been terrific when he's been on the field so far. At least 5.5 yards per carry each of the past two seasons. 26 catches in 12 games this season. He was starting to trend up in that area before he went down with the injury. By the way, finished top 15 at the position uh, five weeks in a row, I believe yeah. it was, before the injury. Uh, so he was really starting to come around, starting to develop, develop into a potential star. Like him a lot. Again, I would not be surprised if he starts to flirt with RB12 by the time next season rolls around. Here's a mitigating mm. circumstance for Aaron Jones. that Jamal Williams is now getting a chance, a, sh- a, mm-hmm. a, a prolonged audition, and he's been good too. So whoever the Packers hires their head coach, whether they keep it in-house with Joe Philbin, which seems very unlikely, or go outside, and we've already heard of reported interviews with Chuck Pagano and Jim Caldwell, Jim Caldwell to... Mm-hmm. Long-time NFL head coaches, they may come in and say, you know something, Aaron's awesome. But a lot of teams prefer not to have the Zeke Elliott model. They prefer the model that even the Saints employ, which is both guys play a lot. So we'll keep an eye on Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and the rest of the Packers offense. I just retweeted Mike's column. A lot of great information there, I'm sure. I haven't read it yet, obviously. Now it'll get to the masses. There Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate it. Uh, That's the what Chargers, I needed. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Packers are seven and a half point favorites in this game. It's being played in Green Bay. I will take Green Bay. Yeah, it's I will, not even a hard one. For yeah, I'm going. I'm going Green Bay, twenty five seventeen. All right, and Kyle Dot, love it. This is where I pick up on Daniel. This is the difference maker. Pack big. All right. Did you guys know that Hims is a new wellness brand for men? Because sixty six percent of men lose their hair by age thirty five. Mike, you and I, not part of that sixty six percent. True. And the thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Are there any bald spots yet? How will you feel a year from now if it's business as usual up there? I ask you this. Do you want a bald spot to pop up or do you want to do something about it first? You want your hairline to recede or do you want to do something about that first? Why do guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? Thanks to science, baldness can be optional because HIMSS connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. There are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help keep your hair. There's no snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements, and prescription solutions have been backed by science. Order now because our listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 right now while supplies last. See website for full details because this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash FFF, that's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com, Slash FFF. Forums.com slash FFF. 
just saw a uh, TV commercial for hims as well. So they're all over the place. Go get yourself some hims if you're having some hair loss or other issues. Move along. The Dolphins go to Buffalo in an AFC East matchup. Again, no consequence here. One of the lowest over-unders of the week, 38.5 points. Mike, if you're starting a Dolphins player, I kind of feel bad for you. But if you were, I think the person you are starting is Kenyon Drake because just when we thought that it would be Kalen Balaj for a Balaj barrage, parting at the Bellagio to borrow all of yeah, well, just yeah. when somebody else thought that. <laughs> Kenyon Drake basically played all the snaps last week. He did. 36 of 43. And 43... 43 is ridiculous. Yeah, the Dolphins don't run many snaps in the first place. The NFL average is around 64, 65. They've been around 55 this season because that offense is a mess. I, I Honestly, I don't know what they were thinking in the offseason. I don't know what they're thinking during the season. They've really benefited from a lot of big plays this year, which is hard to sustain long term. But nonetheless, only 43 in this game. You would expect that number to be a little higher. Nonetheless, Drake played most of them. All but seven in the snaps. Uh, they ran a lot of three running back sets, which you don't see in the NFL very often. Uh, Balazs played 13, Brandon Bolden 8, so they were mixing all these guys. But Drake's 84% snap share, that's as high as since week 16 last season. So you'll like that volume if they run a normal amount of plays in Buffalo. It is a tough defense, obviously. It'll be enough to at least make him a flex, certainly a fringe RB2. But here's the thing, how could you trust that? Because that's not what they've done all year. I mean, when it was Frank Gore, it was him and Frank Gore. And then it's not like Kalen Balazs disappointed in the week where they gave him more runs. So... Was this just completely, you know, is this going to skew it? And we're going to think, oh, no, it's going to be all Kenyon Drake. Then they're going to go back to the same mixing it up. It's hard to trust. I will say this. Drake's been a good fantasy asset nonetheless. I mean, he's sitting there, what, 15th in in fantasy points. He's been a little touchdown dependent, which worries you. But he's he's a flashy playmaker. And playing, I mean, even if that drops to 74% and they run 55, 57 plays, that's going to be enough to get you at least flex numbers. Availability is a great factor in overall <laughs> fantasy productive yes. per- performance, right? Like I saw yesterday, I think it was Jeff Ratcliffe who tweeted that David Johnson is like RB8 on the season. Doesn't yeah. feel like that at all. Mm-hmm. Kenyon Drake, RB14. Doesn't feel like that at all, but yet playing every single week can really count in the grand scheme of things. For the Bills, same question is like, do you play LaShawn McCoy? Do you play Robert Foster? What are the circumstances under which you would play a Bill, Mike? I, I would prefer not to. Shady McCoy, think about this. RB13 and RB19, th- those are his only finishes inside the top 20 this season. 13 and 19? 13 and 19. Ugly. That's yeah. it. Six carries, three targets last week. Split snaps with Keith Ford almost right down the middle. They're trying to get a look at that youngster. Can't imagine that changes in this game. And as we'll get to, I think the Bills are going to handle this game pretty easily with a lot of turmoil right now in Miami. So I, I think we'll, you know, they're they're not going to have this pressure to, hey, McCoy, go win us the game. You know, I think you're going to see a lot of Keith Ford again. Last in this one. four games, 2.7 yards per carry for LaShawn McCoy with zero touchdowns. Yeah, bench. Too, that's not, so, yeah, I mean, that's not winning like, you a yeah. championship. Yeah, I'm with no. you as well. Again, if you're playing the Bills and we're not trying to be just like contrite, the reality is that it's week 17. Like we're trying to give you the information that probably most people are actually asking about. I can't imagine too many people are asking like, Hey, do I trot out this bill or that bill? Like you've probably moved on past the Buffalo Bills this season for fantasy. Yeah. I, Foster and Zay Jones, you mentioned them too. I mean, Okay, maybe flex options. You know, I don't want to get too excited there. Uh, again, they they should be ahead, you would think, in this game are competitive. They should be able to run the football. And also, they could have Minka Fitzpatrick back a corner. Xavier and Howard could be back from injury. Uh, that would be uh, make that would certainly make the matchups tougher for those receivers. All eyes on 2019 for the Bills. Seriously, like they've got a chance to make a big leap this offseason. Some of it's going to not just be what they do this offseason in terms of player acquisition, but how much better guys like Josh Allen and Zay Jones get 
going into their second and third seasons, respectively. Mike cast his die. We know who he's picking. I'm taking the Bills as well. Give me the Bills. What's the final score, Mike? 23-19. I'm surprised that it's that close. That close, I know. You made it feel like, oh, huge. They're three and a half point favorites. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't say huge. I just think they're, they'll, they'll get it done. Okay. They'll get it done. The projections are meant to be conservative. I'll be different here. I'll take the Dolphins. Okay. The Dolphins for. I I can't hear Kyle. Oh, Kyle says the Dolphins. Okay. Yep. Kyle's taking the Dolphins. I have a microphone issue coming from the. So am I I tune out Daniel so much that automatically. You just thought you were tuning Daniel out. Now tuning out whoever talks to me from that mic. The Chiefs host the Raiders again to reiterate. This game is at 425. So both AFC West games are during that late window for the Raiders. And I know people are all rankled because they won on Monday night and. That impacts their draft status, and they probably won't pick number one overall. And I will probably feel that way to a degree in March and April. But it was a cool scene on Monday night to see them win at home in Oakland fans for an adoring fan deserve base. Deserve that. Yeah, uh, the fans deserve that. Potentially the last game there. Um, it was really neat to see the players go around the whole stadium, high fiving the fans, taking pictures with them. I think the fans have not gotten much this year, and that they deserved. Uh, so the Raiders now go to Kansas City. In terms of players <laughs> that you can start this week, Jared Cook. Ugh. I think because of the fact that the tight end position has been so bad, you can start him. But he's definitely had some home road splits here. But again, if you've been playing him, you probably are going to continue to play him because there are so few tight end options. Where I actually think it gets more interesting. He's here. banged up though, too. I mean, with a rib injury. Right, rib injury so yeah. I, it's not that I don't think he's going to play, but he, you know, a rib injury is a big deal. And I will, you know, you just wonder how effective he's going to be. But it does get kind of interesting here, Mike, with Doug Martin and Jordy Nelson, both guys who have been productive of late and the Chiefs, we know what they are. They are going to throw the football proficiently, run the football proficiently, and allow people to run the football and throw the football proficiently <laughs> against them as well. Yeah, you're right. And I don't think either is a horrible uh, fantasy start this week. I mean, you look back to week eight. That's when Marshawn Lynch, the week before during the bye week, when it was out for the season. So since that point, Doug Martin's RB25, Jalen Richard RB27. So they've both been fine, you know, as flex options. And I think that's the case this week. If you have to decide between the two, I'm going to lean towards Richard here again. They're probably going to be playing from behind. You're going to see him soak up a bunch of targets, most likely. Richard, 35 catches to Martin's 13. And by the way, the Raiders, they passed the ball in 78% of Richard's snaps, only 46% of Martin's. So think about that in terms of personnel usage. Richard should be the guy on the field in this one. I actually think um, I think D. Ford has been playing so well for the Chiefs. I'm no actually doubt. a little nervous about Derek Carr in this game. And I, I think that the Raiders are going to struggle. Um, even though we, we don't give Kansas City's defense a lot of credit and certainly in their secondary, but we've seen Derek Carr struggle when he's been pressured. And I think if the Chiefs get to him a lot, uh, their passing game, like, I don't think I, I devalued Jalen Richard for partially for that reason. Uh, the Chiefs, you mentioned they have some defensive woes. Jordan Nelson has been quietly pretty darn good. 10 catches for 97 yards when these teams played four weeks ago, but over his past four games, he ranks 12th in both receptions and receiving yards. Like, he's been pretty good. Ninth highest in the NFL over the past four games in terms of target share as well. Quietly has rounded into form for the Raiders. If you're looking for a flex move, maybe you consider Jordy Nelson. Nice to see him play better. Look more like Jordy that we have been accustomed to for a long time. For the Chiefs, you're starting Patrick Mahomes and Damian Williams and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. 
Stefania, though, specific to Damian Williams. So you have as your number one ranked running back. I have him as that number one. That would to me that Spencer Ware might not play on Sunday. Have you seen the Raiders? It's not counting Monday night. Uh, look, I also I thought I thought the Chiefs are going to get a big. Uh, Damian Williams going to get opportunity before as they're working their way up, and again when they continue to work their when they continue to uh, score after they're already ahead. My I made that ranking when I thought Spencer Ware would miss because he really hadn't indicated that he was making much progress with his hamstring injury. He is now potentially going, you know, he's back and doing some practice. I want to see how he responds to that practice. If Spencer Ware looks like he's going to be active, Damian Williams obviously comes down a little bit. I expect to see that split. Okay. Well, Sammy Watkins, we also don't expect to see. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him so far with the foot Global view of things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. All right, Mike. So maybe not all the way until running back one, but if no Spencer Ware, Damian Williams locked in as like at least a top 15 play, but you have Ware ranked. Is that correct? I I do have Ware ranked right now. So I have Williams a little lower, but yeah, if if Ware's out, I mean, I'm going to move Williams up quite a bit, probably inside the top 10. He's been top 10 three weeks in a row. Just to jump in there. I, when I did the ranking, I had James Conner out. Because he hadn't practiced yet. So I I was making it with a couple other guys who would normally take the top spot, not in the rankings. So it, it'll switch based on what the end of the week looks like. It's a big, big number here. 13.5 points is the spread for Kansas City over the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> They're playing at home. They are very, very good at Nowhere. home. Nowhere. Arrowhead. 13.5 points. I still don't know why you do that when you say Arrowhead. Maybe that's a, uh, yeah, yeah, a topic for another day. It's an old, old podcast. <laughs> we did a podcast one fun. time last year. We just went through all the old jokes. It was actually yeah. very informative. Yeah. I'll like, listen to that one. Yeah. Uh, it was good. Go check out the I board to for all the things. we Because the things that we used to say a lot that mm-hmm. we, you know, we were invoking Arrowhead. That was a common thing. Okay. So 13.5 points. I am tempted to pick the Raiders to cover. No way. The Chiefs do it though. You got yeah. the Chiefs. The Raiders Chiefs. think about no their way. last couple their last few home games, they won two of them. They almost beat the Chiefs, but on the road, what they just go to Cincinnati and yeah. lose pretty handily. I mean Lane, yeah. 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 So I think on the and road the going to Kansas City. Fired up in the Chiefs. Yeah. 38 mean, no. tw- 38-22, Chiefs crushed. Okay. Bears and Vikings. This game is in Minnesota. And here's the one that I was referencing where something could happen that could impact a team's thinking midweek. Mid game, I should say. If the Bears win and the Rams lose, the Bears would have the number two seed. However, if the Rams win, no matter what the Bears do, they have the number three seed. It's possible that midway through that Rams uh, 49ers game, the Rams could be up big and the Bears could say, all right, pull our starters. That being said, guys, we need to evaluate them as if they are going to play the full game. And for the Bears, it comes down to this. You're starting Tariq Cohen. Other than that, Mike, is there anybody you really trust? Like, they're an amazing team. They're awesome. Their defense was the second most common player on teams playing in the finals this year. But offensively, the reality is, like, they're just such a mixed bag that other than Tariq Cohen, no one's really like, you got to do it. Before you answer that, I'm going to tell you that I'm probably going to pull Allen Robinson from my ranks completely. Interesting. Because he's banged up. You know, he's had that hip injury for a few weeks. We know he's coming off the ACL, rib injury now. He ended up not practicing at all yesterday after they thought he would maybe be limited. Matt Nagy rested his starters in the preseason for two weeks and everyone thought he was crazy. And remember a few weeks in, he's like, how does, you know, I'll remind everyone that I rested them and I felt pretty good about it. I would expect him to take the same approach now, especially when he's got key guys that are banged up going into the playoffs. I think there's a chance that Allen Robinson does not play. So I would just keep that in mind. And even if he does play, 
You know, that might be worse because then you're going to start him against Xavier Rhodes. Not to mention the fact that he could be rested after halftime if, you know, as you point out, things could change. The situation could change. But yeah, he'll, he'll draw the road shadow on the perimeter. Was shut down in the first meeting between these teams. Minnesota outstanding against perimeter receivers. Third fewest allowed, including second most overall to wide receivers. So tough matchup. May not play the whole game. He's not 100%. There's a, a lot in play here. A lot of reasons to uh, maybe find another option. Yeah, at I wide think receiver. he may not play at all. Okay, well, so a little bit less relevance for the Bears in terms of fantasy that you're playing this week, but bravo to that defense that has just been unbelievable all Mm -hmm. year. For the Vikings, a lot to play for. Even though the Eagles could lose and the Vikings could still make the playoffs, I'm banking on the Eagles winning, not to spoil a later preview. But for the Vikings, you're starting Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. I guess the only question mark here would be, and again, I don't love to belabor the uh, tight end point too much, but Kyle Rudolph was awesome last week, including that Hail Mary catch at the end of the first half against the Detroit Lions, maybe he's found something, Michael. Yeah, I'm a little pessimistic here. Ah. I think I think it might be a fluke here. There's a few reasons why. He was obviously terrific last season, the number two scoring fantasy tight end, as the graphic shows that some of you are seeing right now, if you're watching the live feed. He caught all nine of his targets. It's hard hard de- thing to sustain. Not to mention that nine targets in this game, that's his most since week six of last season. It's been that long since he's gotten close to that number. So that's pretty incredible. Also, prior to his second place finish last week, one weekly finish better than 18th and none better than ninth since week five. So the volume hasn't been there and the fantasy production has not been there either. I would try to stay away if I can. Okay. I would say this though, just to point out, we all have him ranked inside our top 10 because the tight end position is so thin that he's still a top 10 tight end even if we're not expecting the same productivity as he had last right week. you just hopefully you have a, a higher ceiling option i guess but you're right it's just yeah it's not like a great spot TV, so he, he might, does he yeah. yeah maybe i shouldn't have been so aggressive with find another option but obviously <laughs> he's not a good option lean. that's the way i should have framed it lean. he's not a great option yeah. all right so for the vikings we've got the players you feel good about a little bit less confident in Ka rudolph vikings are five and a half point favorites I mentioned the possibility that the Bears could be scoreboard watching and not be as motivated. I'm going to go with the Vikings to cover this game. Five and a half points. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Vikings too. I have it I have it as 21-19 right now, which suggests I would go Bears. But again, with them likely to rest players, I'm going to have to adjust that. So I'll go Vikings. Okay, Stefania. Same Vikings. All righty. And you, Kyle. Vikings cover this game and win a playoff game. And how about Ooh. that? Kyle says the Vikings are going to cover and win a playoff game. Oh, look at you. Next game here is the Patriots who host the Jets. These two teams played a few weeks ago. It was one of those that was like closer than the score felt. 27-13 was the final. But for the Jets, Stefania, you love Eli McGuire. I do. I have him rated a lot higher than you guys do. Part of that, um, again, goes back to the fact that a couple of the guys who would come in ahead of him, I was not ranking when I thought they might still be out. James Conner is one of the top of okay. the list there. Um, so I still, um, I still may come down on him, but I feel like he has shown a lot in the last few weeks. There's nobody else in front of him. He's going to get the volume. I think he's playing to prove that he, um, you know, that, that he should be their lead guy next year. And there's a relationship there. Sam Darnold is trusting him and he's getting in the end zone. I mean, that's the other thing. Eli McGuire's scoring touchdowns. And what do you want in your championship? You want touchdowns. Can't blame me on that. Eli McGuire has been good. Less, a little bit less than efficient here for Eli McGuire, but that is okay. Mike, I think the interesting player here for this Jets offense is Robbie Anderson, who has been awesome over the past three weeks. Wide receiver, too. He probably is going to be getting, 
I was going to call it the Stephon Gilmore treatment, but it's really the Patriots perimeter cornerback treatment, which they found themselves quite the duo in Gilmore and also J.C. Jackson. Is that cause for concern for you? Yeah, definitely. Gilmore will shadow uh, Anderson like he did last game, most likely. I don't see why they would change that. He had Gilmore had some success against him last game, last time these these teams uh, faced off. Anderson's been a lot better since the volume has been up. He's found a connection with Sam Darnold, so I do still think he's a guy you could start in fantasy. But you have to be worried about this matchup a bit. I mean, Gilmore has been one of the best corners in the league this season. In fact, uh, if you look, check out Pro Football Focus, if you like their grades, I believe he's number one. I believe he's their top top graded corner this season. If not, he, he's fallen to two or three, but he's up there. Nonetheless, tough matchup, but the connection's been there. The volume's been there. I think that I'm, I'm excited for next season because Robbie Anderson, you'll probably get at a discount and Sam Darnold will be, will be a late flyer in drafts. Go after that battery. You know, if Donald takes another step and he keeps tar- targeting Anderson, that could be a league winning, perhaps, uh, Ooh, battery. I don't know. But nonetheless, hmm. it's, Anderson, a, it's a connection to look at. He's a restricted free agent, so they have the option to use a tender on him this offseason. For the Patriots, you're confident in starting Julian Edelman, who's probably been their best offensive player this year. Other than that, it's a little bit less clear. We think the Patriots, I mean, we, we know the Patriots, obviously, yeah. were willing to run the run and run some more last week. Did you guys have a renewed faith in Sony Michelle after last week's over 100-yard effort for Sony Michelle? I mean, you like a guy getting almost 20 carries a game in a Bill Belichick slash Tom Brady offense, certainly. Yeah. So, I yeah, I'm, 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 I'm excited for him long-term, short-term. He's still the, the lead back there. Um, he, he, but he's going to continue sharing. I mean, you're, you still see a lot of uh, snaps going to Rex Burkhead, James White playing a big role. In fact, James White had three carries inside the five last week, kind of right. out of nowhere after we talked about him not getting work at the goal line. So they were listening to the podcast. Yeah, that's that's, that's what no it is. They were trying happened. to. Yeah. And I actually I tweeted this yesterday. It's got a lot of uh, a play on Twitter. If you look at Sony Michelle this season, 75 percent of his snaps, they have run the ball when James White's on the field, 70 percent of the time. They pass the football, so a little bit predictable, but it shows you how they're using the. Yeah, it shows you how they're using these guys. All right, so for the Patriots, we still would rank them as such: Michelle, James White, in terms of the running backs. Tom Brady played great against the Jets the last time that they played. That was what four or five weeks ago. Tom Brady has five straight multi-touchdown passing games against the Jets. They were bad last week, and Brady has failed to throw multiple touchdown passes in six of his past eight games. Yet I have Brady at 8, Mike's got him at 12, Stefania's got him at 10. Part of that is this. You've got quarterbacks that might not play a full game, like Drew Brees. Part of it's the matchups. Part of it's injuries. Part of it's uncertainty around the NFL. So Tom Brady is is like... Brady and, do Brady and Gronk have to make a connection in the end zone before they yeah. hit the playoffs? <laughs> Rob Gronkowski and Brady. Like I, I think that like with Brady, I've been saying this, and I sort of like I think you've kind of made your decision on Brady. Mm-hmm. Right? Like You probably have either been playing him or you haven't. I've got him at 8. We've given you some streaming options. Jameis Winston's a guy available about a third of leagues that could be a good pickup in place of Brady. I just think about what you're saying. This is so hard. And maybe because it's the real football that kicks in. It's like, I cannot. It's very hard for me to imagine going, I'm going to just put Tom Brady on the bench for the championship. I'm going to roll with Jameis. Just hasn't Even been there this fantasy year. fantasy productivity, it makes sense. It's one of those emotional clicks that's really hard to do. Yeah, he just hasn't been there this year, right? Even even week 14, he had the huge game, and we came on the pod and said, 
yeah, great. He had a big game, but don't count on him going forward. He's been QB 14, QB 30 in his past two games. They're just running the ball so often. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has zero or one passing touchdowns in seven of his past 10 games. He's not even Crazy. getting any passing touchdowns through the air. Unbelievable. Rob Gronkowski, we've got him as a top eight tight end this week. The problem is this. Again, go find depth. other tight ends right. that are worthwhile. And Gronk, I know he went bagel last week and I am no longer going to be crass. And, and and short with people, and they say like, you know, should I start some player that plays tight end over Gronk? And I said that's ridiculous. It's Gronk. Don't tell me about playing whoever. Like, I get it. I understand the emotional part here. We haven't ranked. We haven't ranked. We still think that of the you know twenty fantasy relevant tight ends, he's got, got one got of the five best shots to, to have. Yeah, uh, to have twenty points in the game is what it comes down to. All right, Stefania or Mike, which one is it? Actually, let's pick the game first. Patriots. They are at minus 13 and, 13 and a half. I am taking the rejuvenated Jets 30 to 21. Yeah, Darnold looks good. That's a lot of points. Frisky I'm, Jets I'm actually going to take the Jets too. Yeah, yeah me too. The Jets out. stay frisky. They keep it tight within 12. Patriots win. Jets cover. Agreed. Kyle, how about you? I'll take the Patriots. I'll take the bait. Okay. Kyle is taking the bait. Now, Stefania, tell yes. us about Simply Safe. I shall, Field Yates. Alrighty. You know, we all put off doing things we know we need to do. Boy, this script was written for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we know we need to organize the garage, or in my case, my office at home, or take down Christmas decorations. Oof. But something, yeah. I'm decorated for next year. (laughs) No kidding. Something always gets in the way. Funny how home security can be like that. You know it's a good idea, but there's always something holding you back. Well, now is the time to act because Simply Safe Home Security's extended holiday sale and soon. Simply Safe believes nothing should come between you and protecting your home, so they've gotten rid of the reasons not to get home security. There's no contract ever, no price markups from any middleman, and no installation windows. Who has time for that? Most importantly, their system is engineered to do one thing brilliantly protect. So if a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is ready. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. If they destroy your keypad or siren, Simply Safe will get you the help you need. Maybe it's overkill. Maybe it's the last thing you want to think about this holiday. But with Simply Safe, you're always ready for anything. I just saw Bird Box last night. <laughs> if anything's going to make me install Simply Safe, it's watching that movie. <laughs> just go to simplysafe.com/football and order before January 8th to save with their extended holiday sale. That's simplysafe.com/football. One more time, simplysafe.com/football. There you have it. Simply safe from Starfanya. The game of the weekend, in my opinion, is the Colts and the Titans. The NFL agrees. They moved it to the Sunday night window, the flex territory. And we're not talking about fantasy football considerations. This game is win and in for the playoffs. The Colts are on the road and Stefania, they've got some notable injury question marks with T.I., T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron. Yeah, you know, T.Y., we've seen him now over and over play through these injuries, and he's going to do it again. I, I just, you know, he's amazing. And still the volume for T.Y. Um, each week, despite the fact that he has um, been injured with a shoulder and then an ankle and who knows what else, but it's not like he's not out there regardless. Eric Ebron has been in the concussion protocol, so I think you need to keep an eye on him. He's also got a knee injury that he's dealing with. Uh, He was a non-participant on Wednesday, so you always want to see if their activity will upgrade because we won't be back tomorrow. I'm telling you, take a look and make sure there was some activity in the Colts. They signed Eric Swope. Um, Back to the practice squad for now, I believe. Back to the practice squad for now, but that lets you know they're keeping all their insurance markers in play in case they don't have Ebron, obviously, Jack Doyle done for the season. So uh, 
Keep a close eye on this one. You just don't want to accidentally have Ebron in your lineup and then find out he's not playing this weekend. The Colts are fairly chalky, I would say, when it comes to the guys that we know. Luck, Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, all players we figure to have in our lineups. Eric Ebron would be as well if he is cleared to go on Sunday. For the Titans, there's also a major injury question mark, Stefania, and that's Marcus Mariota, who looks iffy at best to play right now. He has had so many injuries this season, and I, I think we think of him like a number of injuries, but if you look at it, this repeat injury to his his arm, anything from that neck down, I mean, they say, oh, well, it's new, it's not the elbow. It's that whole nerve pathway from your neck to your hand. It's all the same pathway, and it seems like every time he takes a hit, this latest one they call the stinger, it's aggravating that same pathway. And what we, you know, you know about nerve injuries is that the nerve can become more sensitized, we call it. So it's just that much easier to trigger symptoms. And even if he gets back to being able to play uh, this weekend, I just I, it's hard for me to have confidence that he's really 100%. Also got a foot injury, I believe he's navigating. So just a banged up Marcus Mariota. I think the reality here, Mike, is that the Mariota injury has much more of an effect on the real game as opposed to fantasy football because there's one Titan you're considering playing this weekend. His name is Derrick Henry. And who are we to tell you not to play Derrick Henry based off what he has done over the past four weeks? No question. Top 13 running back each of the past three weeks. No finishes better than RB15 before that, however. So he's really been hot as of late with the added volume, the added snaps. Only 17 targets of this season. He's, uh, you know, that, that, it concerns you a little bit, right? If he has a disciplined day on the ground, you worry that he's not going to make up for it as a pass catcher, but also fourth in the league and carries inside the five this season. So obviously an opportunity to score plenty of touchdowns, which we've seen a ton of over the past two months. So, you know, I keep thinking about with this game, I keep thinking about how can the Titans win this game without Mariota potentially. And you think about, uh, you know, Andrew Luck scoring a ton of points in the other side. Well, you know, a power running team like Jacksonville pulled it off. They shut them out. They played good defense, which the Titans have, and they ran the ball and they beat up on them with, uh, with their running game in that game. So I think that, uh, that's what, that's what you watch where I wonder if, uh, you know, a tough team like Tennessee could pull off the upset and shut down luck in this one. Big game winning you're in. The Colts are actually favored. I'm sorry. The Titans are favored. Nope. The Colts, no, the Colts are favored, favored by one and a half. Yep. I think the Colts get it done. How about yeah. you? I have Colts. it. I have it very close, but I'm I'm going Colts, especially if Mariota's out. Okay, Colts. Sweep it, sweep it, sweep it. Panthers and Saints. This game is being played in New Orleans. Remember, Taylor Heineke. He is out. He's on injured reserve Allen. now. Yep, that's so right. No doubt about his status. Kyle Allen will start for the Panthers, and good for him. A great opportunity for the former Houston standout by way of Texas A and M. For the Panthers, we're starting Christian McCaffrey. Unless to find you, I think there's a chance he might not play. I think there's a chance. I mean, Christian McCaffrey has seen so much work and you look at like how the wear and tear ends up impacting a player over the season. You got a situation where the Panthers have nothing to play for and, and McCaffrey has met, has met so many targets and broken records, already made history for himself this season. So, um, I could very easily see them saying, you know what? Let's have you rest this this game. Would be very interesting if that's the case. Obviously, we'll find out more throughout the week. That's gets that that sort of triggers me as the kind of thing that they would maybe say going into the game yes, rather than I making you it know a the Panthers. To be fair, also very good about yeah. you know sharing information. Sort of Ron Rivera has been good about kind of keeping you informed about what they're thinking about their players. So I think that's in play. And uh, if they decide, here's what I would say: if they decide to play him, I don't really see him. 
being in the whole time. Might be a quarter of Christian McCaffrey. Okay, so that changes things. Mike, let's ask this question to both sides because the Panthers and or the Saints are definitely in this mode, right? I mean, they may play for... Drew Brees has already acknowledged it. I mean, it's not even a secret or a question mark. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, we'll if we go in, you know, I obviously we'll play hard while we're in or something along those lines, knowing that they're not going to be playing the whole game. Part of the perils of playing in Week 17 situations like this, Mike. So, of the Saints... Is anybody a must-start? And if not, what is the level of confidence you have? Like, which are you willing to trot into your lineup, put into your lineups? Yeah, I, I would stay away. I mean, I think I have Drew Brees ranked like 32nd because I just assume he's going to play a half, maybe less than that. You're going to see you're going to see Kyle Allen against Teddy Bridgewater, maybe a, a preseason feel to this yeah. one. I, I, it's just they would be insane to play. Just I, honestly, I think they'd be insane to play Christian McCaffrey on the other side. I mean, with the injury rate at running back and and how quickly they wear down. I mean. Yeah, rest these guys, get them, give them a few weeks off. They'll come back in the playoffs ready to roll. It sounds like that's what they're going to do. So Breeze, Kamara, Ingram, Michael Thomas, Ben Watson, probably Ted Ginn, who has one game back from the injury. I think all those guys will be rested uh, for the most part in this game. You know, maybe you're looking for maybe the way to go on this is like DFS sleepers, Kirkwood, Traquan Smith, uh, Dwayne Washington. Remember him from Detroit? Of course I do. He'll get a lot of run, most likely, for New Orleans in the backfield. So I I would stay away from those guys if I can. It's a weird one to pick. And again, there's so much trepidation in possibly playing them. And maybe Mark Ingram goes out there in the first drive and he scores a touchdown. And you get 12 points out of him because of one good drive. Or maybe he goes out there and has three carries on the first drive and doesn't play after that. You kind of hope they're just inactive. Right. right? At least some of them them will be inactive. Panthers are ten and a half point underdogs. I'm going to take Carolina because I have no idea how New Orleans will play this game out. Man, it's it's tough. It's tough. I, I still have I have it even with scaling back New Orleans offense. I have it thirty to fifteen with the Saints. Uh, I just, still feel like the New Orleans defense is going to play. They're playing some, yeah, at some home, and some of them will play for for a period of time. And the Panthers with a quarterback who's never seen the field. I, I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, yeah, me too. Okay, there you have it, Kyle. Who do you got? Panthers for me. Panthers, we got an even split there. We're taking a quick break and come back and preview the Cowboys and Giants. All right, the Cowboys go to New York, and again, the Cowboys are locked into their position as the fourth seed in the NFC. That being said, Jerry Jones has said, hey, we're playing our guys on Sunday. If you buy that, then you're feeling confident that Zeke Elliott and Amari Cooper should be starters. If you don't buy that, Stefania, or should you buy that, is what I would be asking you. I don't buy it. Okay. And here's, I don't buy it in the same way that the Saints are being transparent about what they're going to do. And I think you see their guys play for like a quarter and then out. I think the Cowboys are going to do something similar, but they're just going to act like, we're playing our guys. Well, they'll play, but but to what extent? I think maybe they last a half. Ezekiel Elliott is not playing the entire time when he is key to you having any shot of advancing in the playoffs. Just don't see it. Mike, you buy it or no? I I don't want to, but they've said multiple times they're going to. I think it's it's insanity. I mean, think about this. Let's say the game, say there was bad weather, like the Boston College game, and they canceled it. Would they just go through a full-on full pad scrimmage just because hey we have to work out the kink like why would you not take the bye week why would you not take it is essentially bye week it's insane well, I, I will say, here's insane. what i will say 
there are some teams where the philosophy is, and I've seen this from the medical staffs as well. You you get into a routine, you get into a rhythm, you get ready on game day, you get dressed, you go through all the morning treatments, you get your ankles taped, you get out there, you go through warm ups, and you participate. And if you don't disrupt that, uh, that's better for keeping your offense moving. And Dallas has certainly had sort of tale of two seasons, right? And they've been playing so much better at the end that I could actually see that maintaining that whole routine is a part of keeping us in this zone. That being said, I do not buy that they play the entire time. It's more about the process and going through that and then getting them off the field. That's I'm with you as well. We don't have really a good feel on it. You can check our rankings to see where we are at on Sunday morning because we may have more information about whether you should play the, the Cowboys, sit the Cowboys, or perhaps just play some of them. By the way, the projections on the site, I have the Saints around 50 to 60%. I have the Cowboys right now like... 85 to 90% for their offense play. Yeah, okay. so that the projection will be downscaled just so just so you have a, a, an idea everybody else for now is at 100%. For the Giants, you're starting Saquon Barkley and you would start Odell Beckham Jr. if he plays, but Stefania, it's Thursday and he still is not practicing. Still not practicing, not expected to practice today. I mean, really do Writing's we really think it, that he's going to come out Friday and like it's going to magically change? Everything, I don't see it. The answer to that question is rhetorical. Uh, Sterling Shepard has been better of late for him filling in, Mike. He would be the next Giants wide receiver you'd feel most confident in. Yeah, kind of surprising. Last week with Russell Shepard out, we thought Shepard would go back to the slot, especially with Cody Latimer back. They chose not to do that. Shepard played on the outside. They put Benny Fowler inside. He had a better game. You'll like the volume, 23% target share, 20%, 23% over the past three games without Beckham. You'll like that. You don't like the efficiency, though. Yeah. I think he's built for the slot. They're trying him outside. It's not working too well. So the volume's good, so still a wide receiver three, but he's risky. Cowboys, six and a half point underdogs. I think they cover. Giants win, Cowboys cover. Oof. I, I have at 22-21 Dallas. I think, actually, they win the okay. game. So. Stefania? Wow. So definitely taking Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. I think it's closer, though. Dallas Kyle. across the board. Okay, Dallas across the board. The Steelers host the Bengals on Sunday. Steelers are big, big favorites in this one. For the Bengals, you're starting Joe Mixon, and Tyler Boyd, Stefania, looks unlikely to play right. as well. Didn't play last week and still not practicing with that knee sprain. It's got to, why, again, why would you put him out there if he's at all less than 100%? Business decisions to be made for teams like Cincinnati with a player like Tyler Boyd, who could be their number one wide receiver going into next year if something were to happen with A.J. Green in terms of being moved on from. I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Just saying, uh, when a guy gets on the wrong side of 30 and you're making a ton of money, teams always evaluate those sort of decisions. Joe Mixon has been very good this year for the Bengals, continues to be very good for them going into this season. For the Steelers, you know who you're starting. A.B., Juju Smith-Schuster. Ben Roethlisberger, but the backfield's kind of interesting. We'll get back to Ben in a second. But James Conner, Stefania, practiced in full on Wednesday. I know. Mm. And what's interesting, I think, pay attention to all the commentary around it. So okay. James Conner talking to the media yesterday when people ask him, all he would say is getting better, getting yep. better, getting better, getting better. So not really giving you any insight as to where he is on the spectrum of getting better. Mike Tomlin's comments I thought were interesting because he said, Look, we, we, we got excited after he put in that one limited practice. Remember a week and a half ago, he had his first limited practice session. Everybody's like, oh, see, look, he's got a chance to come back this weekend. And then the following week, you had Connor saying, look, this is a lot harder injury to recover from. It's very deceiving. I can walk without a limp, but then I go out there and I try and do stuff on the field and it, I have a setback. He didn't say I have a setback, but he basically said he couldn't execute the way he wanted to. 
And Mike Tomlin saying, look, this is great. One full practice. But they know they need to see how he responds the next day. And can he put it together on consecutive days to give them the confidence that he can do it in a game situation as well? Keeping in mind his conditioning for a football game is not where it necessarily needs to be because he hasn't been able to practice. So I I would say... This may come down to the wire. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in as questionable for this game and not really sure what to expect just yet. Stay tuned. All right. Well, keep an eye on James Conner. Mike, if he does play, certainly feel confident in what he brings to the table. He has been the player on the most rosters of teams that made the finals in ESPN Fantasy this year. So good on James Conner. We'll see if he does go. Mike Tomlin has to be pretty transparent as well when it mm-hmm. comes to uh, you know these injury updates. But where it's interesting for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Kyle Soppy is along here to tell us about the IBM Insight, IBM Watson Insight of the Week, featuring Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, Big Ben's already our projected second highest score scoring quarterback for the week, and IBM Watson actually likes him even more than that. His boom score is two points higher than that of Patrick Mahomes, and his chance to hit that point total is more than twice as high. Do you guys think Big Ben is a league winner on Sunday? I like him a lot here. I've got him at two. Mike's got him at two. Stefania's got him at three. He went crazy against the Bengals back in week six. That was in Cincinnati. This game's at Pittsburgh. All the signs are pointing towards a big game here for Ben Roethlisberger. And a must-win game, too. They have to win this one, obviously. They should be able to do it pretty comfortably. And by the way, also, you know, we, we talked about his high ceiling. Kyle just mentioned that as well. High floor, too. Top 16, 11 weeks in a row. So sure. he's very unlikely to bust on you. Love, love him a lot at and home. And it's home. Home. Yep. They're nice. 14.5-point favorites. And the it only matters. question here is, yeah. will they win by 14.5 points? I say yes. How about you, Michael? I also say yes. 31-16. Mm. Oh. Right. Well, if Mike Clay says yes, I say yes. Kyle, love it. I'll take the Bengals. All right, he's going to get he's, he's the non-clean sweep because Kyle has confidence in the Bengals. All right, Mike, tell us about Subaru. Yes, let's do it. Uh, during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru and its retailers have shown just how far love can go. Over 100 national parks supported through the National Park Foundation. Love it. More than 50,000 animals rescued through the AS. PCA, nearly 2 million meals delivered through Meals on Wheels, more than 1,800 wishes granted through Make-A-Wish, more than 1,170 hometown charities supported. That's $140 million donated to charity by Subaru and its retailers over 11 years. That is really incredible. Right now, when you get a new Subaru during the Subaru Share the Love event, Subaru will donate $250 to the charity of your choice. When we share love, we all win the Subaru. Share the love event now through January 2nd. I love that. 50, th- more yeah, that's than incredible. 50, Pretty awesome right there. animals wow. rescued. That makes what a heart that's amazing. Yeah. Great stuff right Good there. Good for Subaru. Uh, let's finish this up with a few more games here. The Eagles go to Washington, a massive game for Philadelphia. You are starting Alshon Jeffrey. You are starting Zach Ertz. Could you start Nick Foles this week here, Michael? I would rather not. He's okay. coming off the QB3 finish, obviously. Went over 30 points for my Eagles. But he's been 19th or worse in his other three starts. We talk about the magic of Nick Foles as of late and, and during the playoffs. But the fantasy production really has not been there for him. So I'm not I'm not too excited. By the way, you mentioned Alshon Jeffrey. He's going to draw the Josh Norman shadow. So that should concern you a little bit in DFS. Still, I think a guy in season long you're going to fire up, especially with Foles throwing it to him and, and playing pretty well. But nonetheless, tough matchup. All right, Stefania, on the injury front, we've got uh, Adrian Peterson and Vernon Davis. Let's focus it on AD, though. 
Yeah, well, AJ is, is going to play. I, I think there's no way that he doesn't. I'd be really surprised. He's just been a gamer all year long. And this is a guy looking to prove, and I think he's already done it, but prove to everyone that forget the 35-year-old running back. He's a guy who can still handle a full workload of a full season. Um, Vernon Davis limited in practice on Wednesday. I think they're hopeful that he can make it back by the end of this week. That would be great. Jordan Reed officially moved to injured reserve. He made it 14 through 14 weeks before he got hurt. I think uh, he's just going to fall short of his previous record of 14 games, uh, missing the last three weeks of the season. But obviously the toe injury is something that just uh, he could not play through at the end. i got to figure he's probably finished on injured reserve on several of his NFL seasons oh, I think so far. almost all. Unbelievable. Uh, this game, six and a half point favorites for the Eagles. Give me the Eagles here. You know my birds are getting it done. 23-16. <laughs> my birds, says Michael. Yeah, they are yours. Are okay. you going to sing again if they win? I will. If they, man, if they win... <laughs> If they win and the Vikings lose, I will sing next week. I'm just telling you that right now, this is like the, the, this is the most movie-ish storyline potential if Nick Foles comes in at the end of the season again for an injured Carson Wentz. It would be unbelievable. Yep. No doubt about that. The Jaguars go to Houston to play the Texans for the Jags. The question mark here is Leonard Fournette's defined. Uh, He's been banged up again with this foot and and ankle issue. We talked about this last week how He's got this foot and ankle injury, limited in practice on Wednesday, not expected to practice on Thursday. And field, we talked about that just doesn't, things don't feel right in Jacksonville. Yep. It's, it's, it's not even just the health. It's like you just don't feel great about what's happening with him and that team. Yeah, I, I got to say, kind of a Trent Richardson feel here, you know? Doesn't it kind of feel like this offseason? I mean, that's right. It's just like yeah. the way he, the efficiency has not been there. It's been all volume based. And it just, it doesn't seem good. And, and it okay. just seems messy in the running back. Like, how could you trust anyone with that? Carlos Hyde being inactive, TJ Yeldon randomly being inactive at times. I Would you guys trust anyone in the run game this week on Jacksonville? <sighs> I'd rather not play yeah. a Jaguar. Heck, I don't even know if TJ Yeldon will be active that's if what, Leonard Fournette sits, right? I mean, you know, right? I mean, it's We've like seen this he wasn't scratch, last week, so. You know. Uh, if you can, you are avoiding Jaguars unless Leonard Fournette does play. For the Texans, you are starting to Sean Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. But Stefania, what do we think in terms of the availability of Lamar Miller or Kiki Cutie? Right, and Demarius Thomas going down with the Achilles injury. So sad. That was heartbreaking yeah. for me mm-hmm. because I remember seeing him when he was new to the league and coming off the Achilles injury that he had. That was during the whole player lockout time. So I spent some time with players rehabbing and he worked so hard to come back from that Achilles. Didn't want it to impact his professional career. Now tears the opposite side. He's obviously done. So they have two receivers who are out. Kiki Cutie, who's been dealing with the hamstring chronically since the preseason, always feels like he's on the verge of coming back. But I'm not sure that it's week 17. You know, the Texans hoping to have him for the playoffs, but I'm not sure you see Kiki Cutie this week and Lamar Miller. Uh, limited in practice, but still very questionable whether he'll play. Obviously, Alfred Blue will be the guy if Lamar Miller sits out again. All right, Mike. So would you trust either Alfred Blue or Deontay Foreman in this game if Lamar Miller sits? Yeah, I'd rather stay away. I don't know what that Blue will be the guy. I mean, Foreman played a pretty big right. role last week. I think he might be the, the starting. They could take a long look at him because you need to make a decision on Lamar Miller next, this offseason if you're Houston. I, I think so, so. Admittedly did not think Deontay Foreman would get as much work. You know, that was mm-hmm. he was coming back Seven from an Achilles and then right. you weren't really sure what to expect from him in the first game back. Yeah. So anyway, I'd, I'd rather stay away just because you don't know exactly how they'll distribute touches. If I had to pick, honestly, I'd lean toward Foreman if, if Miller's out. 
know, a little bit more, perhaps, well, I don't know, maybe more big play upside. I was going to say a little bit more passing game upside. I don't think either one of them has tremendous no. passing game upside, but just a bit more big play upside from Foreman, perhaps. Texans, seven and a half point I have a favorites. question, though, before we move on. What about Deshaun Watson? I mean, with the receiver situation being what mm-hmm. it is, how confident are you in Deshaun Watson? I still like him. We saw yeah, him do it with too. his legs last week. Uh, he's up to QB five on the season. His ba- past five finishes one twelve seventeen two and two. And it's let's. Be, I mean, Demarius Thomas has not exactly been lighting it up since he's been there. Yeah. I, I you know I don't think he's a massive difference maker right now. Ten eight and seven is where we have Deshaun Watson. DeAndre Hopkins this week. always good. He's always <laughs> good. Nuke <laughs> is the man. Seven and a half point favorites are the Texans. I think they win and cover. Same twenty four fourteen. All right. Yeah, Texans. Texans. Texans all the way around. The 49ers go to Los Angeles to play the Rams for the 49ers. Aww. You're starting George Kittle, but Stefania, another week, more injuries. Matt Burita and Dante Pettis both out already. I know. Out. You know what? Thank you, Kyle Shanahan, 49ers, for at least telling us this is it. They're not going to play this week. Matt Burita, we know, has been battling an ankle injury for the bulk of the season. Kept trying to play through it. It kept aggravating it. And at some point, good on the team for saying... Look, we, we can't have you anymore. You know, there's no sense in setting yourself further back by continuing to aggravate this injury. And Dante Pettis, he too had been banged up a couple times, most recently with a foot injury, I believe. So, yeah, it's been a really tough injury road for the 49ers. We talk about a lot of teams, you know, and they get more attention because they've fared better in general in terms of what their stats have been or their standings in the division. But how about the 49ers giving the Bears a bit of a run for their money, despite the fact they were so banged up. They certainly yeah. have played hard. That much yeah. I can agree Definitely. with for the 49ers. Mike, no Matt Breida. We find the optimism where Would we you can. be confident in <laughs> Jeff Wilson in a championship matchup? I would. I would. He's had fantasy value. It was a popular waiver at a few weeks ago when, when Breida was going to be out, and he delivered the goods. So for me, um, I have him, what, 20th? I think 20th, right in the money. So a fringe RB2 right there. The volume should be there. He should be a workhorse. I'm not worried about Alfred Moore, so he should be the guy. Okay, for the Rams, the big question mark here is whether Todd Gurley will play Stefania. Do we have any sense of where this is leaning at the moment? This is, to me, this is just a gut feel. Um, don't have anything firm yet. I think the it's very much a question mark in Los Angeles. And if you uh, hear what they're saying, it's it's just a question mark. And I think because of what happened last Sunday, and we had gotten word on Fantasy Football Now from Adam Schefter that they expected Todd Gurley to play, barring a setback in warmups. Something happened because then he did not play. Right. And whether it was just an overall sense of not feeling comfortable putting him out there just yet, given the fact that his knee was still potentially bothering him a little and understanding the value of the rest, I now really think if that already happened, it's almost more of, I'm more inclined to think that there could be a subsequent week of rest for him. Oops. So unless there's significant progress, I, w- I would at least make preparations for the possibility he doesn't play. Here's the good news. We know who it's going to be. It's CJ Anderson, who was obviously the that top player to helps. consider adding this week. Mike, he was great. Where would you have Anderson ranked if Gurley sits? Top 10. He, he was fantastic last week in terms of efficiency and volume. 75% of their snaps he was on the field for 20 carries, three targets. The 49ers have allowed 22 plus fantasy points in five straight games to running backs. I mean, everything sets up here for a pretty good game. So, uh, yeah, Gurley's out. Anderson and in your lineups. The usual suspects at wide receiver, Robert Woods, and also Brandon Cooks. Woods has just been tremendous this year for the Rams. One of the steadiest, most complete wideouts in the NFL. Rams are yep. nine and a half point favorites here. Give me the Rams. Yep. Winning cover. They'll cover 31 18. Stefania, do your pesky 49ers oh, play pesky? I'm so sad. I think they'd like to. I think they'll play hard. 
I think the Rams will cover. What do you think? What do you think in the offseason? They trade Bethard, maybe? Field tr- Bethard? They would try you to, don't need yeah. all three quarterbacks. You Bones just look good. Yeah. You have Jimmy G. That being said, you know, Bethard. with a quarterback coming back from an ACL, you may say we need to keep maybe. Bethard yeah. around just maybe for the rest. Maybe trade him like before he won that cuts yep. or something. something like right, that. right. I can see that. Kyle, oh. what do you got? Rams cover. Okay. Last one here. Cardinals and Seahawks. Seahawks are 12 and a half point favorites oh, for the boy. Cardinals. Yeah, David Johnson, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, top 10 running back. The outlook gets better for David Johnson when the season is over because there's no way it can get worse from an offensive operation standpoint. But he's the only Cardinal, him and Fitz, that you feel particularly confident in playing. I think, though, that both of them, you know, I understand why there's some concerns. For the Seahawks, it's a little bit more interesting. Russell Wilson and Chris Carson are playing. Doug Baldwin, though, Stefania, he's banged up. What might that mean for his availability on Sunday? Doug Baldwin has been banged up for multiple weeks this year. A shoulder issue now. That's the thing this time. It's mostly been his legs that have been legs, groin injuries. Um, shoulder did not participate Wednesday at practice. Uh, again, Doug Baldwin has been really impressive lately, even though he's been a little bit banged up. And I have to believe with them having something at stake here that he will go if he, if it is at all possible. So. I as of right now, I would expect Doug Baldwin to try and play. Rashad Penny also getting healthier, so there's potential you see him out there a little bit. But I don't think I, I think Chris Carson is who they're going to lean on. All right, so good news there for Baldwin. If he plays, you certainly feel confident in playing him as well, Michael. Him and Tyler Lockett have continued to be very good. Yeah, no question. I mean, you look at the Seahawks passing game here. Actually, let's focus on the Cardinals defense. Only one weekly finish allowed to, uh, only one top 10 weekly finish allowed to quarterbacks this season, but six of the past seven have actually been top 15. So they're allowed, you know, we talked about the volume. You, you can run the ball against Arizona. They haven't allowed a ton of high end production, but uh, have a lot of pretty high floor. So that gives you a little confidence in Russell Wilson. And, you know, they've been beat up by wide receivers lately as well. So there is something to be said for Baldwin and Lockett as starting caliber players here. There Plus, is something to be said. Yeah, it's in Seattle. <laughs> it's it something is to Seattle. be said for playing there right now. They look fantastic. And the Seahawks have something to play for on Sunday. Twelve and a half point favorites. Give mm-hmm. me the Seahawks to win and cover. Mike? 29-14. I'm with you. Okay. Seahawks. Sweet. All right. And if that's the case, the Cardinals will have the number one pick. In the NFL draft in 2019. Mm. Sunday morning, fantasy football now, 10 a.m. Eastern time to 1 p.m. Get you ready for all eight of the early games. I think it's eight, seven, and one is the breakdown of games in terms of Sunday's schedule. Stefania will have her injury recap, as always, available on Saturday at some point. Mike's got plenty of content and find it all at Mike Clay NFL on Twitter and Instagram. She's Stefania B87 on Instagram and Stefania underscore ESPN on Twitter. I'm at Field Yates. In the meantime, we'll talk to you guys on Monday for one more rodeo. That's right. Talk to you then. Peace out. Geico presents, oh, uh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, while you're there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? <laughs> My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. <laughs> the Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.